Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback out of the shotgun. First and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker who rips him down inside the 25-yard line. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com, here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, everybody, to Adam Carricker on the ticket, the second ever Friday edition of this program. All right, big day tomorrow. Going to be a lot of fun. Nebraska, Colorado, Coach Prime, Roulade, going head-to-head, toe-to-toe. All right, so we got a fun show today. In about five to eight minutes, somewhere in there, I'm going to be joined by former two former Buffaloes. All right, Matt McChesney is going to join me here in about five to eight minutes, and it's a pre-recorded interview, just a heads up. He has his own show that he does out there in Denver called Altitude Sports, okay? But we're going to play that interview done earlier this morning. I just got done going on his show as well. And then Tyler Columbus, okay, he's a Super Bowl, former Super Bowl champ, former buff, someone who thought about coming to Nebraska. I wanted to hear from the dark side. I wanted to hear from the other side. Plus, I know both these guys. They talk about college football for a living. They talk about the bus for a living. They're well-informed, well-educated people. A little demented because they still root for the Buffaloes. But they're also guys that I know. They're good dudes, passionate, demented. But I wanted to hear what some other folks have to had to say from the Colorado side. And they, man, they expressed to me their hatred for Nebraska, yet their respect they expressed to me how big of a rivalry game it is for them. Uh, I, I, I confess that I do believe that this is an important game for Nebraska, and there is a little bit of a rivalry with Colorado, more big brother, little brother, which to which they were not thrilled about. But I'll let you listen to those interviews because they were both fun, I thought informative, respectful, yet with a little bit of banter going back and forth. But we got a couple of minutes before we play those. And it's interesting because what Colorado did in week one was obviously very impressive. It's very surprising to me how they could have 70, 80 new players and they roll out game one, week one, new new quarterback, new coach, new everything. And they look like they'd done it for years, if not decades. It was kind of crazy. But it got me thinking. All right. It's easy to point to TCU. And say, well, they're not as good as they were last year. So it diminishes what Colorado did, so to speak. So I did some recon and research because I was like, you know what? How different is this TCU team? And if you do some recon and research, okay, defensively, they have a decent amount of returners, but only one returning starter on that defensive line, which admittedly struggled a year ago. Okay, but they have a decent amount of returners, but it's not like they're loaded or anything. Okay, you look at the offense. 
Right, gone is their quarterback and Heisman runner-up, Max Duggan, the heart and soul of that team a year ago. Not just their top receiver, who entered the draft early, was uber talented. Not just their top two receivers. Their top four wide receivers are all gone. Their top three rushers are all gone. Okay, Almost half their offensive line is different. Only 41% of their roster production on offense from a year ago returns and that's actually out of 133 teams in the country the 11th fewest nationally and they also lost their offensive coordinator Garrett Riley and I bring this up because when you look at Colorado's defense they can throw the ball they're gonna score okay I'm not saying we can't slow them down because we can and something that was brought up to me multiple times today is hey We didn't face a great defense by Matt and Tyler. They both said, we didn't face a great defense week one. We feel like we're facing a much better defense week two. It'll be a true test. Okay. But you look at Colorado's defense. They didn't face anything phenomenal week one. And yet TCU converted almost 60% of their third downs, had 541 total yards of offense, ran for 262 rushing yards, and averaged over seven yards. Caught the nation off guard. I think Colorado is very appealing to the eye with how they play fast and furious and airing the ball out and coach prime. And you know, his he's, he's prime, he's prime time. He's coach prime. He catches your eye. And then you've got boring old methodical Nebraska that had a hard time scoring, barring a trick play plays really good, boring, solid defense. Doesn't allow the other team to run the ball. Yada. It's, it's the opposite of entertaining. I think we lost by three at the end on the road. I think they won by three at the end on the road. I don't know how good Minnesota is. I don't think Minnesota is as good this year as they've been lately. I think this is going to be a close, entertaining, exciting game that's going to come down to the end. And it's going to come down to who's the stronger team in the fourth quarter, who finds a way to win, and who takes care of the ball. That's what it's going to come down to. Now, if we play bad defense, they'll run us off the field. If we can get a few turnovers and run the ball in our own right, which we should be able to do because they ain't stopping air when it comes to running, stopping the running attack of their opponents, we, we're, I mean, we're not going to run them off the field. I don't think they're going to run us off the field. I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth that comes down to the fourth quarter, a lot of pageantry, a lot of passion. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. And how differently will each and every one of us view the rest of the season going forward if Nebraska Nebraska can find a way to win a game in the fourth quarter, a one-possession game? How differently will we view the next couple of weeks? You look at Northern Illinois, it's like, oh, crap, they just beat Boston College. That didn't look like such a pushover, okay? And everyone harkens back to yesteryear with Louisiana Tech and Tim Rattay and when they threw all those yards. That was yesteryear. My point is simply this. I'm not saying we're going to win. I do have, I predicted 28-27. You know, I went way out on a limb with the that score prediction. But I do think we can find a way to win. And if we can, how differently the rest of that schedule looks. Colorado's flashy, impressive, and they might be one of the top 15 teams in the country. Or they may have more holes than we realize. And TCU exploited some, but couldn't expose them all. This Saturday is going to be highly entertaining and fun to watch. I cannot wait. All right. So the people segment will still happen the last 10 minutes of the show. Call or text 464-5685.
464-5685. For now, we're going to roll that Mac, Matt McChesney, pardon me, interview, take a break, and then come back with Tyler Columbus. All right, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. Adam Carricker on the ticket. Tomorrow is the big day, the big game. It's been called bigger than Texas and Alabama. You're welcome, Colorado fans. That's all due to Nebraska. But I want to bring in a former Colorado Buffalo, an NFL vet. Our kids actually are going to play each other this year in eighth grade football. Muy importante. Big time things we're going to talk about here, but we're going to have some fun. Now, this guy, okay, he's an he was an audible mention, all Big 12 defensive lineman. He was also named Colorado's defensive, most outstanding defensive player in 2004. Went on to play in the NFL. Mr. Matt McChesney, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on this morning, and I cannot wait for Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I got a bunch of questions here, okay? First off, we'll go more plain Jane, and then I'm sure this will get more entertaining as we go along. But give me the biggest key to this game. If Colorado's going to win, Nebraska's going to win, what's the biggest key in your mind? Uh, so, look, if, if Colorado's going to win, they're going to stay on the same offensive path they were on last week where they exploded TCU. But also they've got to clean up the defense and, you know, eliminate big plays. Although they were very opportunistic in the turnover game, they have a lot of holes that I'm sure they tried to fix all week. So there's – a lot of opportunity there, and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed. Same thing for Nebraska after watching the game in Minnesota. Um, I'd say you guys need need to find a little bit more offensive rhythm, but your defense is outstanding, and they, they looked really good, and their yards per play are like 2.6 yards per play. So if the black shirts are going to play like that, if they get any support from their offense, you guys are going to be pretty good. So I think that this game has all the makings for a classic. I mean, every time these two get together, it's always a dogfight. Very rarely is it a a blowout. I mean, it, it, damn near every game I played against you guys was fourth quarter, and I'd imagine that this one will be the same. But both teams have a lot to a lot to you know be happy about and and go off week one. But both teams also have a lot to work on. So you know, it's a it's a great matchup with two new head coaches, man. So, I mean, I, if it's bigger than Texas and Alabama this week, I think I might have to agree with you. It's getting more hype, that's for sure. Well, that's the rumor and innuendo that's out there among some of the national pundits. And I got to ask, this rivalry, you brought it up. We don't get to play each other every year anymore. Nebraska doesn't get to play Oklahoma every year anymore. Every once in a while, these games come up, though. What does this rivalry mean for Buffalo fans, no red in the building, things of that nature. Like, what does this mean for Buffalo fans, Colorado Buffaloes? Well, I mean, we hate y'all. And <laughs> I love the honesty. I love it. <laughs> we, we do. It's it's a respect thing, though. I mean, I grew up in, in Boulder. My whole family is from Omaha and Lincoln. And, you know, my grandparents were huge corn fans. And everybody in the family is a huge Nebraska fan. And we're the transplants that live in Colorado that happen to be Colorado fans. So my whole life I would grow up and you guys would beat us 16 to 12 or 27, 24, 33, 31 on the last second field goal or some bull. And then it would, it would morph into the fight song being sung on my answering machine and like them talking to <laughs> 365 and yada, yada. So it, uh, it, it's a personal rivalry. I think it's a it's a border war. I mean, the, there's a lot of family in both states. 
There's a lot of crap talking that's going to be going on. Uh, but to the Buffalo family, I mean, this this game is – when McCartney took over, he identified Nebraska as our rival, and we bought in you know, full bore. We don't have the same kind of history that you guys have from the 60s and 70s and 80s and whatnot. So when we became relevant with McCartney and the, the rivalry became relevant, it's it's what we chase. And it's, you know, if you beat Nebraska, you win your division, you go play for the Big 12 title. That's the way it was back in the day. So um, that's the reason the game was at the end of the year. That's the reason it was red lettered. And and that's the, the same way you guys felt too. I'm sure that if you can figure out a way to beat the Colorado and Kansas state, you're probably winning the North. A couple of things I take away from there. In addition to what you said, number one, apparently you're the black sheep of your family. That's okay. I feel that way sometimes that's in my fair. own number two, you literally listed out exact scores to Nebraska, Colorado games. You weren't just making up numbers. Those were exact scores. And I know the exact years to some of those. So that's pretty impressive. All right. It's been talked about a lot. I've kind of fed into it a little bit on social media as well. All right. Are you concerned about the amount of Nebraska fans that are going to take over your home stadium? Oh, no, I love it. I love I love that you guys travel the way you do. The last time they were there, you guys traveled to watch us beat you. So, ooh, there you go. All right. So, it, look, I love the fact that that you guys travel the way you do, but it, let's be real. There's nothing else in the state to do. So, of course you're going to travel like that. <laughs> yeah, that's no. low blow. Uh, but I will say this. It, the the stadium's going to be packed. It's going to be absolutely ruckus. Um, I'm actually sitting in section 101. Like I couldn't get season tickets this year because of the, you know, our, our kids play on Saturdays. Like we yep. are games at five tomorrow night. That's the only reason I can go. So I got kind of scrambled to get tickets, and I'm sitting right in the middle of all the Nebraska, Nebraska fans. I can't wait. I, I just love confrontation, and I cannot wait for the moment. So. Um, Look, I, this is what college football is, though. I mean, hated rivals that want to go after each other. Both teams want to win real bad. And it means something. And I know it doesn't mean anything with conferences anymore. I get that. But you brought this up that we don't play each other every year. I wish we did, though. I mean, this needs to happen at, in preseason every year, don't you think? I think it would... I think it would be good. A couple of things. Number one, Husker fans. He's going to be the big, ugly guy in a beard and the sunglasses in Section 101. Go after him. Okay. And, you know, to call this a rivalry, you know, I've gone with it until now. But technically, we've won 49 times. You guys have won 20 and tied twice. Is that a rivalry or is that just the little brother getting beat up by a big brother? I mean, in the, 70s, in the 70s, it was little brother, big brother. But since we destroyed your football program in 2001 <laughs> who has more wins since we still uh, have more wins since you, you guys still have more wins since that's right but okay that's <laughs> the day nebraska died in 2001 it, it's it's seven to seven and we've won the last two and it's it, there's no cornhusker that can look at the buffaloes like they're soft and they they're not rivals because if you do we're just going to beat you like that's the way we want you to think we want you to think that it's not a rivalry. We want you to not take it seriously so we can beat you. So did you ever lose to CU when you were there? I was 3-1. and one. Oh, 4 your senior season. That was the one time you guys got us. Uh, my so, retro freshman year. 
you guys needed to win to go to a bowl game. That didn't happen. You're welcome. Uh, let's see. My senior year, uh, we ended up going to the Big 12 championship game. Beat you guys. You're welcome. And my junior year was the year, uh, I think I had a couple of sacks, but that was the game that we had like a, almost a brawl at midfield right before the so game. Was that was that 05? Where yes, like, 05. So 04, we beat you in Lincoln. Yes, in that's 05, the one year. You, you were a senior in 07? 06. 06. So 05 was the when they cleared out the student section in full. Yes. Side. Yep. Yeah. Dude, you that guys. was interesting. Okay, full disclosure, we come out on the field, and you guys, I will, I'm not being biased here. You guys were doing the chirping. Like you yeah. were chirping. And, you know, I don't really buy into all that. Um, so I was doing my thing and I look at midfield, and all of a sudden it's not so much friendliness between half our squad, half your squad. And so, anyways, I didn't play much that game, if I'm being honest with you, because our offense held the ball for 42 minutes. So I only played for 18 minutes of that game. Yeah, um, I remember anyways. being in New York and watching it. Like on Saturdays, you get time off between that and going to the yep to the bus on and then traveling. And I remember watching it. Like are they clearing out the student section. Oh my god, this is getting ugly. But I, that's yep. that's the beauty of this, though. Like the ability to <clears throat> like jab each other and go after each other and not fist fight. That's that's the be- that's what I want this weekend. Like I want, I want shit talking, and I want we want friendly banter, and we want people that are. I hate your football team. I hate your football team. F you, f you too. And then after the game, shake hands, hug it out, and be like, "See you in three sixty five in Lincoln," and let's do this shit again. So I, I think that it's, I think that it is important for both fan bases. And look, the forty nine to twenty, yeah, that's a big number, but. In in my lifetime, this rivalry has been pretty heated, and the winner usually plays for something. That's all I'm saying. It's been a lot more balanced than Husker fans would like it to be the past 20 years, uh, just like it wasn't as balanced before that, which doesn't thrill Colorado fans. And I will say this. I will say this. I grew up a big fan of Bill McCartney, regardless of what team he coached, whether it was, it was obviously Colorado, but there was Colorado, Florida State, Nebraska. I was a big fan of him both on and off the field. So I always – I'm not going to say I like CU, but I, I hated him a little bit less when he was coaching. I can put it that way. So I, I always respected that. Okay, so I got to ask you this because I've yes, seen sir. you do other interviews. I've, I've Obviously, we met in person. I've seen you do other interviews, whether it was with the 365 guys. I think they're out of Texas or whatever. You've always yep. got the sunglasses on. I'm curious, what's the reason for the sunglasses all the time? Well, I've got really bad concussion syndrome, and then I've got okay. a deficiency in my left eye that like gets really, really bad with light irritation. So I've got to, I have to do this, or I'm going to be closing one eye and like looking at the TV and or the screen pretty messed up. So no, that I makes wore, perfect sense. I wore a visor in college too for the same reason. So I saw that you actually actually look you look pretty cool with the visor on. Um, but I, I, I was going to come out kind of making a joke, but I'm like, I don't know. It might be medical, and let, let's just see how that goes first. It's I didn't know medical. if it was like The Rock. The Rock always wore the sunglasses in the middle yeah. of an arena when it was like 9 at night. You know, obviously there's lights on, but, you know, it was more for effect. I didn't know if it was that or medical. So it was that cool, I'm, but it's not that cool. Yeah, I'm glad I clarified. No, that's, that's perfectly understandable. All right, talk to me, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. 
Now, in that interview that I watched, and I didn't, I wasn't able to see the whole thing, but about the first 10 minutes you did with the 365 guys, you said that there was like a board of former players that Joel Klatt was the head of, you were a part of it. You guys gave your input on who you wanted to be hired as head coach. Okay. Like for you, was Dion the guy that you wanted and whether he was or not, did you see game one going the way it did at all for you guys? I mean, I thought that they would be much improved. I, I picked them to win. I put a thousand dollars on them at plus seven sixty. So, obviously, I put my money where. Wow, nice! Yeah, it was a good Saturday. Um, yeah. So I, I thought they would win. I thought they would play well, and they did. I had been to a couple practices, and I had met, met with the coaches several times, and you know, I, just skill talent like that in college football when you have really, really, really fast skill players, as you know, it is impossible to stop them at times. So especially in college football with the hashes and whatnot. So I thought they would play as well as they did. I didn't think it would be as prolific as it was. I mean, holy hell, that was, that was impressive. They can, I think they can only go up from there too. They had a lot of mistakes and they were still that good. Um, All that said, you know, with going back to primetime, I when the when the the group of former players that were talking to Joel and Bloom and me and Andre Gerard and guys like that, um, we just told them not to not to go for comfort, you know, not to go for you know don't don't go after somebody that's had three or four different jobs and you know gotten fired here, fired there. Like Bronco Mendenhall was one of the names, and I, I feel like that was a safe route, and I want them to go for greatness and we just told joel like look you either hire somebody that's going to be able to pull us out of the pit of hell that we're in i mean I, i'm i'm a i was the last senior on defense captain to hold a bold game trophy in 2004 that's not good uh mm-hmm. so you know and they did they rick george you know shot his shot his bullet and and got his guy and uh it's it worked man and it's i think that in eight months and one game, everything that he's done, I, I hate to say it, but I bet you Nebraska fans wishes they would have hired Dion. <laughs> we'll see what happens because right out the gate, you know, obviously you guys look more impressive in game one than we did. I'm not going to sit here and pretend otherwise. You know, maybe we don't fumble the rock at the end and there's a different outcome, but that's part of the game as well. For me, I want to see what it looks like three years down the road. And I put out something on social media yesterday, a little bit of a jab, but a little bit of seriousness. Shadur is a junior. Does Dion want to be here in two years? Does he want to go somewhere else if he builds a monster? And I know, Penn State calls, and all of a sudden, ooh, maybe rule answers. But, you know, he's getting paid a lot of money for nine years, and he's talked a ton of times about how he likes his family growing up and living here in Lincoln. So I think short-term, in my honest opinion, no, not even jabs intended, I think Dion may be flashier. I think long-term, maybe Matt Rule has a little bit more staying power. But here's my question for you, and I know you got to run because you got to do your own show, okay? Uh, score prediction. What's your score prediction for tomorrow, Colorado-Nebraska? Um, I think this is going to be an absolute dogfight. Uh, Nebraska, if anybody in Colorado, and I've been saying this all week, I'm going to say it all day today on the shows, if anybody in Colorado thinks that the Cornhuskers are going to walk into Boulder and roll over and this is not going to be the most important game to them, you are crazy. They want nothing more than to come in and spoil the party. 
If you take them lightly, they will hit you in the mouth all day, and it will be awful, awful. So you better come ready to play. And and look, it's been, you know, Colorado is not shy about putting out the, what they're doing, and they've said it's personal, and it is. It's personal to us, and I think it's become extremely personal to you guys, and that's how, why it's so important. Um, I think this game is going to be a dogfight. And look, the over-under is like 55, I think. Um, I'm going to go with the under. I think both defenses play well in this game. And, you know, I think it's going to be 24-21 buffs. All right. That's respectable. I'm surprised with the under. We'll see what happens. I think it's going to be highly entertaining. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, Matt. Uh, Good luck. And uh, go Big Red, my friend. Hey, go Buffs, brother. And hey, join uh, <laughs> me on the show, and I'll uh, talk to you on Altitude later today, and we'll get this rolling. Yeah, plug your show real quick. If people want to find you, where can uh, they yeah, find you? Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 here in Denver. Uh, we'll be on from 10 to noon today uh, talking about the Buffs and also Bronco and Raider Week. And then uh, you can follow me at Six Zero Academy on all the different platforms, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, Twitter and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend, man. I can't wait. I look forward to it. We'll be right back, Husker fans. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.